So that was the Lagrangian, which gives rise to action and is the basis for Feynman's path integral. So I then asked GPT-4 about the Hamiltonian, because the two go together and both of them are conceptually unimaginably important. They're probably the two most important uh, physical processes or classifications or quantifications in all of physics. So what we've got is the Lagrangian, which measures the difference between the kinetic and the potential energies and gives rise to the action. But the Hamiltonian measures the total energy of the system. And in particular, it looks at the total energy of the system in all its possible manifestations in a thing called phase space, which is where we consider position and momentum, which together define the system. And so when we look at the Hamiltonian and consider it to be a total energy operator, now what does that mean? It means that if you take a system, and it can be a very simple system with just one wave function, or it can be a very complicated system with many, which can be combined together in the formulation of quantum mechanics to make one big system and one big wave function. If you apply the Hamiltonian to it as an operator, what you're basically doing to convert it into ordinary language is to say, what's the total energy change on this wave function for the system as a whole? And under classical theory, you'd get zero because energy is conserved. But in quantum theory, it's not that energy isn't conserved, but that energy has to be understood in the context of the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. And the Heisenberg uncertainty principle introduces Planck's constant. And so what you get is that the total variation isn't zero. It's actually going to be the imaginary root of minus one with the Planck constant adjusted and the rate of change with respect to time of the wave function. That's what you're going to get out of this. And that may sound awfully abstruse, which it is in some ways, but it also makes very good sense. Hello. Hello. Too hot to go all the way around today. Yeah. Are you having to lie down? Are you tired? He's bored at home, but bored at home when he gets out. Too hot to yeah. be out. <laughs> no, I'm Never So what we've in, fact, in effect done is to say that what the Schrodinger equation is really saying 
is that whereas in the classical case, and notice this corresponds to the case where Planck's constant is shrunk to zero, the Hamiltonian operator on the wave function gives zero because the total energy variation is naught. But under a quantum mechanical description, the total is not naught, not because energy isn't conserved, but because the rate of change of the wave function comes under the aegis of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, and we can't say that it's zero because we don't locate things precisely in space and time. And there's an important qualification here, which GPT-4 rather likes when I put it like this. I said, so what we should really be doing is not saying that the Heisenberg uncertainty principle says we can't measure things precisely as, so to speak, a point, so that we know exactly what energy and momentum is, or whatever it might be, position and so on. What we should really be saying is that these notions of a point are in fact bogus. That the intuition that we've had since Greek times about a point being something with position but no size is a misconception. That nothing is in that position, even a massless photon, is at least theoretically of infinite extent. Infinite extent. Why? Well, because its wave function is infinite. If you do the mathematics of the wave function of a photon, although to all intents and purposes it's zero within a very, very, very short distance of wherever the photon appears to be, in principle it goes forever. And that, if you remember, is the principle behind, uh, behind quantum tunnelling. But you can't say that the photon isn't here. You can only say that the probability of it being here is unimaginably small. And that goes for every other particle in the universe. And that's a truly remarkable change to our conceptual framework. Truly remarkable. Because it means that we no longer think the way we thought for 2,000 years or 2,500 years since Euclid. We don't think in terms of points and lines, let alone in terms of straight lines. We think in terms, instead, of everything having a kind of fuzzy quality, being spread across some region of space-time, and, you'll be pleased to hear, thereby becoming intrinsically vague. And you'll know from earlier episodes that I'm very fond of vagueness. You might think that I have a lot, of, a lot invested in it. <laughs> but vagueness is very important, and vagueness comes back with a vengeance if we reconceptualize the world in a quantum mechanical way, so that we end up saying not that the Heisenberg uncertainty principle tell, tells us that we can't do something in terms of points, but that it tells us something about what we can do in terms of the distribution of material objects in non-zero intervals of space-time. And I suspect, although this is mere speculation on my part, but I suspect that the real source or the most satisfactory way to renormalize our theories
isn't to introduce terms that get rid of the poles that would otherwise make them divergent, make them infinite, blow up, but to reconceptualize our mathematics. So the notion of having something like 1 over r, where r tends to 0, ceases to be something that we even think about doing. Instead of which, we'll say, we've got 1 over r, but r never gets closer to 0 than some tiny, tiny amount. Maybe the Planck distance, the Planck length, and therefore the singularity simply doesn't arise. And I think that that is what is involved in regularization, which is another form of normalization or renormalization that we haven't talked about. You basically say, yeah, well, the idea of the denominator going to zero is a mathematical possibility, but it just doesn't happen in our world. And therefore, we don't need to worry about it. Because although the R may become very, very small, it never becomes zero. Because the notion of a point is illegitimate in this reformulation. Formula, formula, reformulation of quantum mechanics. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Thank you for listening.